What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Marriage Mondays here on the Two Feet on the Ground Gravity Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm your other host, Jamie. And today we're going to talk about the emotional responses to conflict. That's right. If you have a pulse, folks, at some point in life, you've been in conflict with your spouse, with your kids, and you have some type of an emotional response. We're going to be talking about the spectrums of those responses here in just a little bit. I don't know, Jane, what do you think? Do we give us a shot? Absolutely. Here we go. So I think there's been a lot of growth in conflict and how we process it and resolve it through the years. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about what past conflict would look like. And when you say there's been growth, are you talking about like us or is this one of the you type of words? Like I, mainly me. In this case, I am talking about you. She's mainly talking. I felt her finger pointing at me, folks, just with the vocabulary that she was using. But, you know, I got to own this one because... I have been the one that has had to grow in this area more so than Jane. I'm sure she's matured as well, but really the, the, the contrast has been in my emotional response. And so you've heard us talk about it here on the podcast before early on in our married life, early on in our parenting, when, when I felt anxious, my, my default response was anger. Like I was going to get, get control of the situation And I feel like my military training, my law enforcement training reinforced that response, not to say that that was the correct one in the family, in the home, at least not most of the time, but I, at work, it was at work, I engaged violence with, with controlled violence and I made things safe and solved problems. So what I hear you saying is that it was kind of a programmed uh, survival response at work and in the military. Oh, I know for a fact, like when we were, when we first had kids, I remember like responding to things at home and thinking about the way I would respond to things at work and like being okay with it. Because again, it, it solved problems and it created order and structure. And, and again, I'm not justifying what I did. It's just, uh, it, I was given a skill set to, to operate and solve problems, and it just didn't solve problems at home. So we were going to reflect on a, a more recent conflict and just walk through it and see what that looks like from both of our sides. Yeah. So folks, we are once again in the most magical place on earth right now as we're recording this, which everyone knows is... Cannon Beach, baby. Yeah, it's not Disneyland, folks. We've tried it. Disneyland, we love you. We're not Disney people, I own some stock in you, but I'm just saying it's, we don't, that's not our Don't come for me, Atterbury. I know this is your happy place, but, you know, Cannon Beach is ours. Yeah, and to my friend, Sean Shapiro up in Canada, his wife, his wife also is Disneyland, is the most magical place on earth. Anyhow, that's where we're at right now, folks. So this should be dream time, right? I mean, this should be this ultimate relaxation place. You, you've heard us talk about how much we enjoy this place. And on day one of us being here, it wasn't. And this is quasi-typical. Like when you build up something to be really great, sometimes there's a little bump at some point that 
you just got to work through. Hey, so. everyone keep your hands in the vehicle. No one screw this thing up, right? We're going to have vacation. It's going to be a lot of fun and relaxing. All right. That does not sound fun and relaxing. No, I didn't. I didn't have that approach to our vacation, did I? You didn't. Okay. But now we find ourselves in Cannon Beach, Oregon, hitting one of our favorite lunch spots. And and then we get to our house and our kids have conflict. I think it was over the bedroom. Like who was going to be in which bedroom and which sisters were going to be in the same room together. And so old Chris probably would have responded with anger and trying to control things. And instead, I 100% just disengaged. I mean, like apathetic, pulled away. I'm shutting down for the day. Now, as your person, I will say that you did preempt the disengagement and tell me that I needed to fix it or you would. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. That's a fun statement that, that That's I said. a lot of fun for me um, because not only am I trying to mitigate conflict, I am trying to keep it quiet so that you don't engage. I don't remember saying that. I'm sorry. Uh, anyhow, so I said that and I have no doubt that I did. And I don't remember a lot more of the night we had dinner together. And I don't think I said a word during dinner. I was head down getting food in my mouth. And then I got ready for bed and I was in bed reading a book and going to bed like at 745, I think, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and and we've got kids that need stuff, right? So it's a scary house or I'm alone or I'm having these different thoughts and feelings. So that puts me completely on because he's out. Now to clarify, this isn't necessarily a scary house, but these are some of the emotional responses. These are some of the things the kids are coming to right. you with. Right, this is, is a new house. This is different, the house we're staying in while we're here at the ocean. And so all of these problems, they're coming to you to solve the problems. And then I also threw all of the parenting, you know, problem solver responsibilities on you because I was done. What this, as Jamie and I unpacked this the next morning, it brought me back to episode 70. And if you go back and listen to it, it's mental health professional Phoebe Mulligan. And she talks about within male culture, and maybe this is all male culture, maybe it's just here in America. Her her belief is that we as men are allowed to show up with three emotions. Uh, one of them is calm or happy, which is hopefully most of the time, right? Like life's normal, there's no problems right now. I'm happy. The second is anger, which is the old Chris that I try not to go to now, right? Like, I don't need to be angry and scream and shout and rage. And then the other one is apathetic, which is what I responded to here on day one of vacation. Instead of me finding a different emotion or, I don't know if emotion is the right word. Yeah, a different emotion somewhere in the spectrum of all the other possible emotions that I could express, uh, like maybe frustration. Hey, girls, I'm frustrated with you. Everyone needs to come down here. We need to talk about this. Instead, I didn't want to engage in anger, so I defaulted to being apathetic. So we wanted to kind of work through today some other responses and ways to work through conflict together. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons that I was motivated to, to do this, James, is because I hear from friends. I hear from uh, married couples. I hear from uh, just the guy, just the gal. And sometimes the role is reversed. Sometimes it's the woman that might be more predisposition for anxiety. And so she responds with this anger or, or apathy. 
Uh, sometimes it's the guy, but I just hear a lot of folks struggling with this. And so we're hoping that one, we can bring you a little bit of comfort that you're not in this alone. Uh, really, really common for us as humans. It, that, that doesn't mean it's healthy and it doesn't mean that we want to continue it. Uh, we want to do some things to try to make it better, to give give us a better chance of responding with one of these many other emotions that we could other than just anger or apathy. So what are those three points, James, that we're going to use to kind of break this down? We want to talk about strategically disengaging, communicate, communicating, and then the final step of reengaging and or reconciling. Yeah, that first one, strategically disengaging. I would say I didn't strategically disengage with you the other night. I now now you reminded me I did disengage. I went and told you, hey, you need to deal with this. But mm. see, even in the phrase strategically disengaged, I didn't tell Chris what I'm about to say because I, I feel like we're putting something authentic out that may be helpful for people just to echo what Chris said. Even in the suggestion of strategically disengaging, like I have a little bit of tension with that with that phrase. And Mm -hmm. here's why. Because if you strategically disengage, I am then on heightened alert about what if he hears disagreement again? Or what if I can't keep them quiet right now in their bickering? So I like the idea of strategically disengaging. But when you told me this possible solution, it immediately brought tension on me. Interesting. So I would say the other night I did not strategically disengage. I disengaged, but it wasn't strategic because with strategy, anytime we, especially within the law enforcement, military worlds, to do something strategically, it you're doing it with intention and it it's it's believed to bring about a good outcome. And what I did the other night, although I did it intentionally, I don't think putting all that burden on you reasonably is going to have a good outcome for everyone. I think strategic disengagement the other night would have been, hey, babe, I'm frustrated that these girls are fighting right now. I'm feeling anxious about this. Are you cool if I if I take 30 minutes to walk down the street and get back here and then I'll I'll let you take off if you want. I'll I'll get back in and and have a clear head. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like in our young parenting where we talked about qualified. Were we qualified to discipline our children? Or were we in an emotional spot where we weren't qualified? And truth be told, it would be easier for me if you left to disengage for a while. Because then I, I don't think I would be on this heightened sense of like keeping things in a certain way you wouldn't be hearing anything. So it would be way easier for me if you left for a little bit and did a walk and I didn't have to be kind of walking on eggshells to keep the conflict down. No. So, so having these intentional strategic conversations with your spouse uh, to, to say, Hey, I need to take a time out and hopefully the other can reciprocate and allow you to do it. If not, obviously, we need to figure it out a different way. But but having that that direct communication with each other, hey, can I take a time out so that I can clear my head? And then doing it with that intent. Because I could go for that same walk. And I could allow myself to recycle in my brain 
all of my negative emotions and all of my frustrations, right? And then I could come back and I could be in the exact same spot. Or I could sit there and take a walk, exercise some gratitude, process, you know what, kids fight. This, I could have expected this, right? And so as I'm walking, what can I do to help my kids, to coach my kids through reconciling this with each other and then we can get on to the rest of our vacation. I think that would be more of the strategy in me disengaging. And I, I hope listeners can benefit from that. Our second thing that we wanted to talk to about was communication. And this is key. And it's going to go hand in hand with that strategic disengagement. Because you communicating with your partner, what you need in that moment, where you want to go, how you can fix the situation. It's super important. Yeah. And I think it starts with, you know, we talk about emotional intelligence and there's a phrase that says, if you name it, you, you can tame it. So identifying how you're feeling, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling frustrated, whatever it is that you're feeling uh, with yourself and with your spouse. That's the problem is sometimes you have to start with that communication. I think with yourself just to, to recognize what's going on within you, right? Otherwise, you may not be able to solve the problem when you aren't being totally aware of it yourself. But if you, if you can communicate that in your own mind and then have the communication with your spouse, and then I would say even potentially with the kids, maybe, maybe we send the kids to different rooms, right? If they're in active conflict, hey, you go here, you go here, you go here, while mom and dad calm down. But, but having that intentional conversation, because I didn't. Again, like, like we shared, I looked at Jamie and said, you got the steering wheel. Don't crash it. Don't crash the car, girl. Yeah, pretty much. And everyone was screaming and hands were out the window and someone was standing out of the sunroof. <laughs> so having that intentional conversation, both with yourself to figure out what's going on with your spouse, with whoever else is involved and, and doing it, doing it in such a way that isn't causing more conflict. Just think about that. Us saying communicate. Okay, well then I need to tell you what's going on. I think you're a total stupid idiot right now. Is that going to help things? It's not. I actually eat a lot of things that I would like to say. I eat those words and never say them because they're not going to be helpful at all. So, so we have to process that. What do you do then with that? Because you're better at that than I am. And I think that people could find value in that. If we're saying that communicate is a piece of this process so that we aren't just anger or apathy, what do you do to help yourself process the words that you may want to say when we're having some of these type of conflicts? I usually just give it time. And like, I take time to usually say things to you before I say them anyway. So when I take time to think about the things that I want to say that wouldn't be productive, like, Usually I process through and think, yeah, you're not saying that out loud or you're not doing that or, or whatever. So time for me is something that helps. I think it'd be interesting for you to publish a book with all the things that you don't say. Maybe you keep a journal and write them down. I like this. I'm going to start an audio file today. <laughs> There's going to have to be a parental advisory on there and you may have to be like older than 21, I think, to listen to it. Oh yeah, for sure. It's going to be explicit. All right, folks, so we're strategically disengaging. We're making sure that we're effectively communicating, not just using loose words. And then last, we get to 
this re-engagement or reconciliation? What did that mean, Jim? It's when you put yourself back into the relational situation and it might not be 20 minutes later. It might not even be that night, but you bring yourself back into community with whichever relationship was having some conflict the day before and fully re-engage. Now you said it might not be that night. I like that you pointed that out. Why Why may it not be? Well, first of all, people don't want to put a time frame on their self of in 30 minutes, I will be better. Yeah. You might not be ready in 30 minutes. You might need to sleep on it and start fresh in the morning after you go for a run and have this clear perspective. I don't know. It might be a little bit of time. So I was just saying it might not be because if you go and put a time frame on yourself, now you're failing that when you don't meet that checkpoint. Why would you do that? So I just want to say it might take some time. Yeah. And I, from the person that experiences more of the extreme ends of some of these emotions, at least more so than Jamie, I think, I would say that give yourself the time, but but also don't let yourself use that as an excuse. Meaning I go for my 30 minute walk, my 30 minute run, whatever Jamie has given me this kitchen pass for to do, right? And now I'm coming back. I think I need to consider re-engaging right now. Like, have I been able to set my head right enough to get back involved in family life, to get back involved in vacation, to get back involved in marriage? And maybe I need to set the boundary, right? Like maybe if it was just between Jamie and I, whatever this conflict was, I might need to say, hey, can we wait till tomorrow to talk about this financial conflict that we just had? Can we wait till tomorrow to talk about the nine home improvement projects and we can't agree on what to do, right? I might need to set that boundary, but I also need to try to challenge myself to get back in because me going to bed at 745 while Jamie's still carrying the load, I don't know if that's always going to be the right response. Maybe it is. Maybe me me going to bed is going to allow you to relax and allow you to just be with the girls in the conflict that we had. It definitely did that. But I mean, there was still that weight of, I need to be everything right now as far as the comforter, the tucker in or the just, I don't know, <laughs> nurturing person. So yes, but but there's also a cost to that. And this is where we get back to that communicate piece, right? Where we were being intentional of having conversation with each other and understanding how each of us are processing this event that's taking place so that we can we can try to meet in the middle or we can try to make up for the gap depending on where the other person's at. We put both of them there, re-engage and or reconcile. Because I guess in my mind, if I was apathetic and I just disengaged, hopefully strategically, maybe not, uh, hopefully re-engaging can solve some of that problem. However, if I responded with anger and I was yelling, I owe an apology, at least in our household I do. Uh, when we use poor communication, when we yell at each other, we believe that we should reconcile. We should come and say, hey, that's not good communication. I'm sorry I yelled. Will you please forgive me, both with our children and with each other? So the call to action today is to remember you are one team in the trials and the triumphs. 
Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Marriage Mondays. We want to hear from you. How are we doing here on the podcast, folks? There's different ways for you to communicate back to us. First and foremost, please follow us on whatever podcast platform you're consuming this on. That will cause the next episode to pop up. You can also rate and review us if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. There's five stars waiting on our main page. We'd really appreciate a five-star rating if if we've earned it, folks. If we haven't earned five stars, keep your stars. Shoot us an email instead at chris at gravityct.com. Let us know how to make a better future Marriage Monday topics or guests for me to interview. Remember, friends, getting married is easy. Staying married is really tough, so go and love well.